I dreamed of traveling the long road, singing my songs to that distant stranger. Yes, I know it's sad for you, but it's something I got to do. And I will be coming home, back to the mountains, back to being free from all there is to be. Coming home to live and the life I once knew. Hello, everyone. And welcome to Bedtime Bible Boys with Brock, Trey, and Theron TJ. Thanks Thanks for for listening. We love you, Mom. And you too, Gail. Tonight we are reading 2 Kings, chapter 5, starting in verse 1. Now Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master, and highly regarded, because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Uh Uh-oh. We've Mm. heard this story before. Have you? Tell me about it. Is it so, Naaman? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he gets leprosy, even though he's a really good warrior. And then he goes to, um, I think he goes to this man, I think he goes to Elisha, or um, someone of God. Mm-hmm. And then um, they say, or maybe it's a messenger. Okay. And then he's that person, or just the Lord said, like, go um, to the Jordan River, and the dirtiest river in Israel, which okay. um, and then go in it seven times, um, cl- wash yourself seven times, and and then you will never have, then you will not have leprosy quite interesting and it works on the same concept we've been talking about which is having humility trusting the lord even when it doesn't make a lot of sense and he got really um mad Mm. he started getting really mad after like five times of dipping himself and like um and he was angry when the lord said to do it Mm. because he didn't want to he didn't want to go in the dirtiest he didn't want to wash himself in the dirtiest river in is the Jordan River because it was so dirty. But um, it's like he just thought like it might make him more dirty. Well, that was a good intro. In verse two, now bands from Aram had gone out and taken captive a young girl from Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, "If only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria." He would cure him of leprosy. Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. By all means, go, the king of Aram replied. I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman left, taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten sets of clothing. The letter that he took to the king of Israel read, With this letter I am sending my servant Naaman to you, so that you may cure him of his leprosy. 
As soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes and said, Am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? See how he is trying to pick a quarrel with me? So leprosy was contagious. And if you remember in the old law, it talks about how lepers had to be left outside the city. And they weren't allowed to live socially with all the other people. Right? It was a bad disease to have. So this king is like is thinking, why would you send your sick people to me that are contagious and ill? Are you trying to give me leprosy? In verse 8, when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent him this message. Why have you torn your robes? Have the man come to me, and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. <clears throat> Elisha sent a messenger to say to him, Smart, Brock, it was a messenger. Go, wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be restored, and you will be cleansed. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call in the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the spot, and cure me of my leprosy. Are not Abana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than any of the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. This is such a good story because this is exactly how it feels sometimes when the Lord is working or doing something and we don't understand it. It's not the way we think it should go. It's not the way we would do it. And it's easy for us to dismiss what is actually spiritual advice from a spiritual leader from the Bible and to turn and go our own way because we just don't like the blessing. We don't like the plan. It doesn't make sense to us. We're too proud for it. It's not happening as fast as we thought it would happen. You know, he said, why can't he just wave it over the spot and do it? Because this is the Lord, what the Lord had said, right? And it's not about our timing. So it's kind of interesting, but he really is behaving like most people would. In verse 13, Naaman's servants went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something, some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more then when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times, as the man of God had told him, and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. Now this is really cool too. It's like, how humble is Naming going to have to get? Like, really humble? Really humble. Naaman's servants went to him. It wasn't even... Naaman got smart. It was his servants went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? He had to be humble. In verse 15, Then Naaman and all his attendants went back to the man of God. He stood before him and said, Now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel. Please accept now a gift from your servant. The prophet answered, As surely as the Lord lives whom I serve, I will not accept a thing. And even though Naaman urged him, he refused. Because God's blessings can't be purchased. If you will not, said Naaman, please 
Let me, your servant, be given as much earth as a pair of mules can carry for your servant. Will never again make burnt offerings and sacrifices to any other god but the Lord. But may the Lord forgive your servant for this one thing. When my master enters the temple of Ramon to bow down, and he is leaning on my arm, and I bow there also, when I bow down in this temple of Ramon, may the Lord forgive your servant for this. But Elijah tells him, go in peace. In the footnote, it says, How could Naaman be forgiven for bowing to a pagan idol? Naaman was not asking for permission to worship the god of Ramon, but to do his civil duty, helping the king get down and up as he bowed. Okay. So, he wasn't actually bowing. He would have to get down on a knee to help support the king as the king bowed down, and then stand back up helping the king up so really he was just saying i love the king and i'm just going to help him do what he's doing all right i think that's a good lesson for us if you have a friend who doesn't believe in jesus christ you don't have to hate him matter of fact you should love him in this case you don't even necessarily have to stop him what they're saying you know from serving the wrong god um just don't don't let your heart go to the same place don't let your heart serve the god right just love your friend which in in this case for him is the king does that make sense so that's really what he was asking after naaman had traveled some distance kahazi the servant of the of elisha the man of god said to himself my master was too easy on naaman this aramean by not accepting him from what he brought. As surely as the Lord lives, I will run after him and get something from him. So Gehazi hurried after Naaman. When Naaman saw him running toward him, he got down from the chariot to meet him. Is everything all right? he asked. Everything is all right, Gehazi answered. My master sent me to say, two young men from the company of the prophets have just come to me from the hill country of Ephraim. Please give them a talent of silver and two sets of clothing. By all means, take two talents, said Naaman. He urged Gehazi to accept them and then tied up the two talents of silver in two bags with two sets of clothing. He gave them to two of his servants and they carried them ahead of Gehazi. When Gehazi came to the hill, he took the things from the servants and put them away in the house. He sent the men away and they left. Then he went and stood before his master, Elisha. This is not going to be good, I don't think. Do you guys understand what Kahazi just did? Stole. That's right. Because he lied, saying that Naaman wanted something. Or, sorry, that Elisha wanted something. And Elisha didn't. So Kahazi was being greedy. He lied, and he stole. Especially when he's framing it on Elisha. These are not good things. Where have you been, Kahazi? Elisha asked. Your servant didn't go anywhere, Gehazi answered. But Elisha said to him, Was not my spirit with you when the man got down from his chariot to meet you? Ooh, he knows. Is this the time to take money or to accept clothes, olive groves, vineyards, flocks, herds, or men servants and maidservants? Naaman's leprosy will cling to you and to your descendants forever. 
That's harsh. Then Gehazi went from Elisha's presence, and he was leprous, as white as snow. So he became a leper all over his body. That's tough. And they said his and his descendants forever. That's just real tough. Um, that's a tough punishment. What Gehazi did was a bad thing. I mean, that's hard. The Old Testament is tough. I, I'm, but I think it serves to show us that you can't just say like a little bit's okay. I mean, it, in this case, a little bit wasn't okay. And Gehazi paid a pretty firm penalty for that. I think part of it was that Gehazi's been with him, you know, so he saw uh, the olive jars get filled. He saw what happened the day Elisha took over from Elisha. He saw the boy get brought back from the dead. You know, he saw the the poison, the, the, like the poisonous bull get its power taken away by the flower. He saw all these miracles happen and Elisha is like, hey, haven't you learned by now that where we need to place our trust is in God? All these things you just ran after him to go take, they don't they don't provide for us. God has been providing for us. God will provide for us. Look at what he's doing for all these people. You don't think he's going to do that for me? You don't think he's going to do that for you? Where's your faith? Gehazi's biggest sin was that he wasn't exercising faith in the God who had just shown him so much goodness. Forget the lie, forget everything else. He lost his faith. He lost his faith. That is the end of chapter 5. Any comments? No. I think it's crazy that like how um, Gehazi's descendants will forever be lepers. Mm-hmm. I just like that blows my mind. Because what do you think about, about it? Like I bet leprosy is very terrible to have. It's a skin condition. You yeah, know. body parts fall off. I know that. Well, like fingers. In advanced stages of leprosy, in places where you can't do anything about it, and in this time of history and hygienic medicine of uh, practices and everything, it was pretty bad to have. Um, nowadays, it, especially in first world countries, it would be difficult to for it to do much. To you, matter of fact, we could get rid of it. You know, but it's still, it, it's bigger than just the physical ailments. You know, the physical ailments may exist, and I say we can get rid of it. I don't know. I have no idea about a lot of things that go on from bloodline to bloodline and things that are happening inside the body. There's so many function. there's just so many things that we don't understand, and you wonder how things like this have impacted people in future generations, and I don't know. I really don't know. I think it's crazy, too. I just don't make too many, I try not to draw too many illustrations of how bad everybody's had to suffer because of Gehazi in his descendant line, because I really don't know. 
I don't know how bad that suffering has really been for everybody else, right? And I also don't want to act like it's nothing. Like, nah, God just said it and it doesn't actually mean anything. No, I believe it means something. But I don't know where on that spectrum it is. God knows. And I'm at peace with his control over it. I have no idea if somebody I love or if somehow I'm in that descendant line somehow. I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm not, but I, you know, but I'm comfortable with how the Lord is going to say, I'm going to take care of it this way. I'm comfortable with the decision the Lord made and how he's going to administer that. Even if I don't understand it, I'm comfortable with it. Like I'm good with him having that, you know? Well, let's wrap it up there. You guys are good kids. I love you. I love you too.